Okay. All right, Michael, my computer tells me we're on the air, and so let me get back into the chat room and uh, see see what's happening there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Booting up still in process. I'll be in the chat room shortly. So uh, I, I think you've picked out some uh, key points of the remainder of the book, the Sargon the Magnificent by Mrs. Sidney Bristow. And uh, so we can uh, continue in that vein. And so what what chapters and uh, what, what page are you on? Because you have the physical book. And uh, most of the listeners will have the Chris Peed copy of it that I posted in the chat room link. Okay. So if you could tell us what page you're on. And we can um, find it in the uh, online version. I'm on chapter 24, Abel's Memory Installed. Okay, chapter 24. Yes. Okay. All right, I'll get there shortly. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, yeah, they're hearing us now. So uh, go ahead, start, and I'll catch up with you. Okay, great. Uh, So, this is chapter 24, Abel's memory insulted. Uh, While Cain, as Merodach, seems to be honored with such title as, quote, the redeemer of mankind, and quote, quote, the restorer to life, and quote, quote, the raiser from the dead, and quote, uh, quote, no, no, not end quote, the name <laughs> Thomas applied by the priest to Abel was properly and um, intentionally insulting, just as above types of uh, titles when applied to Cain, bracket, i.e. Sargon, and bracket, must have been intentionally misleading or ironical, since there is every reason to regard Cain as Satan's uh, st- uh, staunch ally. Right. Well, not just staunch ally, but his actual literal son, <laughs> right? Yes, he is the first, the first son of the devil, the first Jew, I would say. Right. There you go. Um, if, as I hope to show, the name of Thomas was an insulting one, professor says statement that quote, the name of Thomas probably grew up in the court of Sargon. Uh, end quote, uh, acquires a new significance. Professor uh, Delitzsach uh, assert that the name Thomas meant, um, oh, this is a, a German word here, Eli, maybe you can help okay. me. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm not there yet. I'm uh, still downloading. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll catch up. Try. Yeah. Varis actes kind, end quote. And another authority that it meant, quote, Lord of Life, end quote. But Dr. Baal, uh, Baal uh, in a paper of Society of Biblical Archaeology, uh, bracket, 1894, end bracket, argues that it really meant a pig, and, quote. <laughs> y- yeah, so this is how they try to insult uh, the memory of Abel. Right. Um, uh, survives to this day in the Turkish um, Dumus, a hog or pig, end quote, and adds, uh, quote, 
the shiny Chinese presents us with a series of terms for pig in which both elements of the Akkadian uh, domus bracket pig and bracket are eventually found and quote um, this opinion receives involuntary support from Sir James Fraser who says that um, Adonis and oh. Attis who he tells us were later termed forms of Thomas right. were sometimes regarded as boars or pigs and that quote so- yeah, so we see that there's an inversion of, of obviously what they are, the, the pig people, namely the descendants of Cain, now call the descendants of Adam, you know, the Sethites, the pig people. And so yeah, I've got the quote here. Professor Delich uh, yes. asserts that the name Tammuz meant varus echtest kind, which means actual true child, <laughs> right? That's what he. That's what he says. The word Tammuz means okay, but that's of course incorrect. Back to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so here we have a quote. It may be laid down as a rule that an animal which is said to have injured a god was ordinarily the god himself. Perhaps the cry of Hayes Addis, Hayes Addis which was raised by the worshipper of Attis, might be neither more nor less than pig Attis. <laughs> wow. I don't know if I pronounced that re- correctly. Um, Highs being possible the um, uh, Prygian form of the Greek uh, Hyas, uh, a pig, mm-hmm. end quote. And this is a quote from Gold Both, Second Edition, Volume Two, Page Twenty Two. He also remarks that it was quote consistent with the hazy state of religious thought that the pig should have been held to be an embodiment of the divine Adonai. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Babylonian priest. This, this, how, uh, yeah, they, they revert everything to be upside down. Yeah, so this is why the Greeks and Romans started eating pork. <laughs> they were worshiping their god, right? Yeah, it could okay. be, yeah. Yeah. It could be why we have damnable pig around us. Right? Um, the only consistency I can find in this paradoxical argument is that in, uh, in a country where Cain was uh, the, quote, hero of heroes, end quote, Abel's memory may have been insulted by the undignified uh, appellation of pig. That this was the case is shown to be uh, probable by the fact that although the Babylonian scriptures do not connect Istar, bracket Eve, and bracket, uh, the mother of Thomas with a pig. Mm-hmm. Demeter, her representative in uh, Grecian mythology, is connected with one. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Demeter so, in other words, uh, the, the Greeks got the wrong tale from you-know-who, <laughs> from Cain, right? Okay. They, they did. They did. And it's so interesting to see that all those old Greek and Roman mythology all stems from the Babylonian. Uh, right. Babylonian. Yeah, the Babylonian pantheon, which was invented by Cain. Yes, yes. Um, the Mether was unquestionable, a uh, later form of Istar. For just as Istar is said 
to descend into the underworld to rescue Thomas. So Demeter descends into Hades to rescue uh, Perespone. Yeah, Persephone. Yes. Persephone is the usual pronunciation. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I'm not so good at this Greek uh, mythological yeah, right. name. Yeah. Neither are most people. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, just as Istar departed, causes all fertility to cease. So it ceases upon Demetrius' withdrawal into a hiding place. And just as Ea, the male form of Istar, bestows upon mankind, though Merodach, the arts of agriculture and irrigation and law, so in Greece... Those arts are attributed to Demeter. Uh, one of Demeter's emblems, a serpent. Um, <laughs> okay, so we can see very clearly how all this imagery goes right back to the garden, right? Oh, yeah. And it's based on the events in the Garden of Eden. Back to you. Oh, yeah. Serves to connect her with Eve, while another, a little pig, connects her with Abel, Bracket, Thomas, and and Bracket. And here we have a quote. Um, her attributes are popious and ears of corn, Bracket, also a symbol of fruitfulness, and Bracket, uh, a basket of fruit, and a little pig, and <laughs> quote. Now that's, it. now that's Easter, and you replace the pig with a bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Symbol uh, of fertility, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And don't you don't uh, I don't I don't know if, uh, here in Sweden. I don't think Easter ham is so usual. We in my family eat uh, eat though um, uh, lamb. So, uh, but I don't know how it's in America. Do you eat well, Easter yeah, ham? Or East, yeah, it's Catholic tradition. Easter ham, absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's where it stems from. We see it here. Yep. Uh, everything comes to circle. So they have an illustration here in, the, in my book here with a, yeah, I don't know if you have the same illustration. It's from uh, Demeter with a little pig. Okay. In her, in her. No, no, but that uh, we can picture that. <laughs> All right. Um, and so in classic art, we find the mother goddess holding a pig in her arms, a, a miniature boar with formidable bristles. The boar who uh, slew Tamus and was therefore Tamus himself. Um, Thomas, the shepherd who lived in Eden, who was killed when young and was loved and mourned by the goddess Istar, the quote, mother of mankind, and quote, and quote, lady of Eden, and quote, who but Abel could the pig represent? And who but Eve, the goddess? This is a good example of the grotesque and mocking char character of the Babylonian mythology and of its uh, subtle entry into Europe. And it is surprising that history is being largely evolved from rambling sta um, statements about mythological character in the, quote, Sumerian language, end quote. While the historical values of the um, clear-cut stories of Genesis is denied, for as the uh, Logicon um, wisely wrote, quote, the heathen myth uh, mythology not only is not true, but was not even supported as true. It not only deserves no faith, but it demanded none. 
the very uh, pretension to truth, the very demand of faith, were characteristic distinctions of Christianity. And quote, at the same time, true history lies hidden between the lines of the Babylonian scriptures um, if, as I hold, they are the uh, corrupt version of the events recorded in the Bible. When this view is adopted, the, quote, legend of Sargon, end quote, which we shall now examine, becomes full of significance. Yes. And in addition, there's a, by Alexander Hislop, the book, The Two Babylons, which documents thoroughly the fact that the Roman Catholic Church has adopted all of this, you know, imagery, these fables directly from Babylon. So the Roman Catholic Church is most responsible for the fact that Christians today, especially Catholics and and others who have adopted Roman Catholic teaching, are in fact worshiping the devil and uh, his offspring, <laughs> right? Well, and Ishtar is represented as Eve, who is uh, a to- the total opposite of the true Eve. Okay, back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, so, uh, this ends this chapter about Thomas. So here we see what the Thomas is, and it's a mockery of Abel's memory. Right. Uh, Very interesting. I think interesting. that is important know that this Thomas is not something glorious that they do, but by remembering Thomas, it is a way to mock him and making him a pig, but it is the pig people that makes him a pig. That's right. As usual, they use their enemy of the thing they are themselves. Amen. Okay, yeah, chapter 25? Yeah, I think so, because that is Sargon, bracket, King Cain, and bracket, adopted by Aki, the devil. Uh-huh, Aki, all right. Anak, yeah, the Anakim. Right, uh, you can see the linguistic connections between uh, the, these terms that the Bible uses. Okay, Aki Anakim Nakash, <laughs> right? The 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 enchanter, whisperer, deceiver that seduced Eve. Right, you see all these connections in the words. If you do word studies and you know study the linguistics, you can see what's really going on. Okay, back to you. Yes, so let's start. It can hardly be considered a coincidence that while St. John says that Cain was, quote, of that wicked one, end quote, referring to the devil, Sargon is described by the Babylonian priest as being oh. the son of a protege of the devil. Amen. That's definitely a protege. <laughs> a follower, yeah. right? Follower <laughs> of the devil. Yeah. Amazing. Um uh, one one statement that is true from them, them I guess. Yes. Uh, this is one of the strongest indications of the identity of Cain with Sargon, who in different inscriptions is called, quote, the son of Bel, the just, and the quote, uh, quote, the son of uh, Itibel, and the quote, and the quote, Son of uh, Dati Enlil, end quote. While Sargon's um, country is called the, quote, realm of Enlil, end quote, bracket, or Bel, end bracket, who hmm. is said to have uh, conferred that realm upon him. In the legend, um, in the legend of Sargon, he calls his adopted father, quote, Aki, and uh, quote, hmm. I don't know if I say that correctly. Yeah, that's right, Aki, yeah. Uh, which is eventually another name for the devil. 
for it is closely connected with the name of Nakash. Nakash, there you go. Wow. She is very, she is totally two seed line. She connects it with Nakash. Outstanding. And, uh, and then the, uh, what's the, uh, language of the, the Indians, not the uh, American Indians, you know, uh, Sanskrit, it's, it's Naga. Again, very close association with, oh, she says here, Naka, all right? And which in many uh, European languages uh, re- represents nakedness, okay, which was true of Eve and uh, Nakash in the garden, right? That's what happens when you get naked. All right, back to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hebrew serpent uh, with I, the water god and serpent with Hari man. Yeah, Ariman. And um, that, that is a, um, a footnote from Dr. Moffat gives uh, Ariman as name of giants, uh, Brack, mm. Nephilim, and Brack. There you in go. Number, uh, wow. Number 14, 22. Nephilim, very good. Fantastic. Okay. Yes, so that was end of the footnote. Who in the Persian region is the quote, source of all evil, the devil, and quote, uh, with Agni, the Indian god of fire, with the Egyptian Naka, the serpent with Naga, the Indian serpent god with the uh, Maori uh, Demurge uh, Tiki, and with Agu or Aku, another name for the Babylonian moon god, otherwise called Sin. So is this why the worst the, the Jews worship the moon with their calendar, <laughs> with their lunar calendar? Could that be Could the be. reason? Yep. Yeah, it seems to come from there. The Babylonian moon moon god. So they there worshiping you go. the moon. And also the the Muslims. Yeah, the, they do the lunar calendar. All right. Uh, so this is also a footnote. Quote, Ur, or Aku, Sin, and Itu, in later times generally termed Sin. And that's from the Chaldean Genesis by George Smith, page 55. And the footnote. Uh, the moon god Sin is eventually Bel, or Enlil, under another name. For in um, later times, the original trio, An, Ea, and Bel, became uh, Shamash, Sin and Istar, bracket, uh, Shamash, sup, um, uh, supplanting on Istar, supplanting Ea, and Sin, Bell, end of uh, bracket. Um, and here we have also a footnote. Uh, a second tribe was formed of Sin, the moon god, and his two children, um, Shamash and um, Istar, the planet Venus, end of quote. And end of footnote. Okay. So Ishtar then would be the female uh, offspring of Cain and Eve, which is essentially what that means. Okay. So, so in fact, well, Eve was seduced by Nachash and produced, you know, both male and female offspring, but we're only told uh, specifically about Cain as being the offspring. But uh, nevertheless, you know, the Bible says that... Uh, I think, uh, well, Dr. Wesley Swift says that Eve had to have seven gestations 
for her womb to be cleansed of the uh, in, well, infection, let's put it, of, of Nahash's seed within her. And then, only then could she have produced Seth, a, a pure, a pure uh, offspring. All right. So what happened to those other gestations? Okay. Nobody knows. All right. Back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. And it's kind of interesting that uh, our, when we worship, we have that when the sun, when the sun set, then our, what to say, day are, are done. Okay. Right. It, yes. We are, yeah, we are more for the sun and more the sunset of the moon. Yeah, because you lack sun most of the time, <laughs> right? Uh, the further north you go, the less sun you have. So you can see why the pagans started worshiping the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Huh? Yeah. But our clock is the sun. So see, that's uh, the rhythm of, of the days. Because that is when our Sabbath, isn't that when our Sabbath ends? It's, it starts when the, yeah, when this, uh, for the sun. Well, in the, in the scriptures, uh, the day begins at evening. With the setting of the yes. sun and when the shadows grow long. Okay. The clear evidence from scripture that the uh, Hebrew day begins at evening, you know, n- not at sunrise. But yeah. that's another discussion. Okay. Please continue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the legend of Sargon, which was discovered and tran- uh, uh, translated by the late Professor Revelson in about the year 1867, uh, is said to have been inscribed in its present form in the 7th century uh, before Christ. In the time's history, we find the following translation. Uh, quote, um, Shargina, the powerful king, the king of Agade, am I. My mother was, un- was of noble family. My father, I did not know. Whereas the brother of my father inhabited the mountains. My town was um, Asipiranu, uh, which is situated on the bank of the Euphrates. My mother of noble family uh, conceived me and gave birth to me uh, secretly. (laughs) Secretly, right? (laughs) Not openly, like Seth or Abel. Uh, she put me into a basket of uh, um, shuru, uh, bracket, reeds, end of uh, bracket, and shut up the mouth uh, of it with bitumen. How can they find bitumen? That is from uh, oil. Right, yeah, that, that's pitch, right? Tar. Yeah. Okay. The tar, yeah. Um, she cast me into the river, which did not overwhelm me. The river um, carried me away and brought me to Aki, uh, the drawer of water. Aki took me up in. Aki. The devil. Uh, reared, uh, yeah. reared me to boyhood. Uh, Aki, the drawer of water, made me a gardener during my activity as a gardener. This star loved me. Years and exercised dominion. Years I commanded the black-headed people. And rule of them. And quote. Yeah, the proto Jews, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and and some a remark I made why I mentioned this with um this with the um, what to say the the, um, the moon calendar and all this is because of now I realized that when we started our feast on Nevin bread, then also I guess that the Muslims started with their 
what to say. Yeah, Ramadan. Right. And they started their fasting. So I don't, and, and I don't, the Jews don't have any similar now as we do, though. We have the unleavened bread, and then, of course, Eastern comes. That is also, they always in very connected in this part. Yes. Now, it's interesting. Uh, Aki, the drawer of water, made me a gardener. But uh, this is what Cain was in the in the Bible. He was a uh, a farmer. Okay, but he didn't like being a farmer. <laughs> so, and he he refused to give Yahweh the first fruits of his labors. Okay, so he says during my activity as a gardener slash farmer, Eve loved me. Years exercised dominion. Years I commanded the black-headed people. So is he, and I ruled them. So is he saying that uh, he had help while he was a gardener? Okay, and uh, probably he discovered it's very easy to rule over the black-headed people uh, because you know they're suggestible and gullible, right? Uh, so all kinds of you know things can be read into this, but it, again, it takes us right back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah, and that uh, this is the where he would say when he's he is referring to that he is adopted by the devil, Aki, right. or that. Aki that he, what he say, that Akis somehow show show up or like in savior for him, but still he was his father, what he say. So right. that is something he, he makes a bit uh, different here, that he uh, ends up with him somehow. Yeah, it's a, it's a distortion of the facts, right, uh, as given in the scripture. But it's very interesting because the same thing happened to Canaan, who was a product of incest with Ham and his mother Naama. Okay, and this is why Noah cursed Canaan and not Ham, <laughs> right? Because uh, Ham apparently had legitimate offspring later. But what happened to Canaan? He went and, and shacked up with the black-headed people in Canaan land. Mm -hmm. All right, same thing happened to Canaan. Back to you. Yeah. Um, the legend resembles, in some respect, the story of Moses. And this is not surprising. The priests of the 7th century before Christ, who are credited with uh, these inscriptions, must have known the early history of Moses, and that they should have mixed it up with that of Canaan, agrees with their usual method of confusing facts. That's right. Oh, yeah. You've seen a lot of that. Mm -hmm. um, the it's it's called religion. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, the change of scene from the banks uh, of the Nile to those of the Euphrates is just what might be expected. While the story of Moses in the Ark of um, Bul uh, Balrushes, um, rescued by the princes, may have appealed to their dramatic inst instincts. On the other hand, Cain's story is more than uh, hinted at. His occupation as a gardener, the love of Istar, bracket, or Eve, and bracket, for him in his youth, his mysteries and sudden arrival in Babylonia, his adoption by the devil, and his long rule over an inferior race. The fact that Sargon says that when he was a gardener, Istar loved him, might well refer to the uh, cessation of Eve's love for Cain after his murder of Abel. Apparently, taking the legend as true, history, Professor says, uh, comments upon it. Quote, the Eophrates refused to draw its further lords. 
uh, and bore the child in safety to Aki, uh, the irrigator. And what, uh, Eli, why do you think they're referring to Aki as the irrigator? Well, uh, it could be a, a, a vague reference to uh, fertility, right? Because uh, uh, Eve or Ishtar is the goddess of fertility. Well, who fertilized her, <laughs> right? And I think the vague reference uh, to waters as well, okay? The waters of the womb are being fertilized by Aki, right? I mean, the imagery is clear. All right, back to you. Oh, by the way, you know, for, yeah, for people listening, uh, your pronunciation of Euphrates is uh, Euphrates. Is that how it's pronounced in, in Swedish, Euphrates? So people might not uh, know what you're saying. If they don't have the text uh, oh, in front of, okay. Euphrates. No, Euphrates. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe Bank of Euphrates. Um, yeah. Euphrates. Euphrates. Right. Yeah, okay. Euphrates. That's how you pronounce it. You know, uh, uh, the various northern languages. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry if I'm if yeah. I make someone confused with yeah. my pronunciation. No problem. All right. Let's continue. Uh, the representatives of the Akkadian peasants who tilled the land for their Semitic masters in these lowly conditions and among a um, subjugated race, Saga was brought up. Uh, Aki took compassion on the little uh, waif and reared him as if he had been his own son. Well, that's but because he was. he was his own son, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, but very, uh, very observant by whoever is being quoted here. Back to you. Yeah. And as he grew older, he was set to till the garden and to cultivate the fruit trees. And while engaged in this uh, humble work, attracted the love of the goddess Istar. Then came the hour of his deliverance from um, servile employment. And like David, he made his way to a throne. For long years, he ruled the black-headed race. And That's the quote. Oh, this is fascinating, okay? But the only part of the legend that isn't revealed is the fact that he uh, gained empowerment by killing his elder brother, Abel. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now it sounds like he gets he get humble. He gets humbled by the work, and then he, he right. gets king. It sounds very, I don't know, they have really, yeah, tried to... Uh, to sugar sugarcoat this uh, that's story. That's right. That's right. Hum, uh, farming was a little too humbling for Cain. Yeah. So he yeah. killed his brother and then he left. Amen. Okay. And that was from Hebert Lectures. Um, okay. The choice lies therefore between this charming and uh, intimate story of of my different explanations of the legend. Namely, that it is a parody upon the true history of Cain, who, adopting the devil as his uh, advisor, ruled over the pre-Adamite once feared by him. Okay. As an example of the priest contradictions, Sargon says in this legend that he, uh, quote, knew not his father, end quote, while he elsewhere claims uh, that the Enlil as his father. Professor King, who, like Professor Says, takes the inscription seriously, says, quote, that Shargani Shari, uh, Bracken, Sargon, and Bracket, was the actual founder of his dynasty, is clear from the inscriptions upon his uh, gate sockets found at Nippur, which ascribed a new title to his father, Dati Enlil, uh, 
proving that his family had not even held the eights. Uh, oh. uh, this is a very uh, hold on. There's a very unusual word. Potassiate, P-A-T-E-S-I-A-T-E, potassiate, which would uh, which would mean the patriarchal governorship, something like that. Back to you. Okay, or a governorship um, of Akkad under the suzerainty um, of oh sorry, suzerainty, uh, yeah, suzerainty of Kish. Now, who's Kish? I guess it's just another word for Kush, Sumer, and Akkad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, some really obscured word in this book. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> an, an obscure subject, too. <laughs> right? That only those of us in Christian identity dare to cover. Yes, that's why we need to spread it. That's right. And this was from Sumer and Akkad. Uh, this, this, uh, one wonder how authorities um, who accept these legends as history account for Sargon's contradictory statement as to his origin. In connection with the different titles uh, given to the devil, another possibility is suggested here for what it is worth. May not the name Akkad, sometimes applied to Babylonian in inscriptions, have been taken from Aki, the devil, for parts uh, of Babylon, Babylonia seems mm-hmm. to have been called after Cain. Right. The, the or Nakash. Yeah, Aki, named after Nakash. Akkad. Yeah. Excellent. Or Naga, right? Uh, the Cambridge history speaks of, quote, the old Kana on the middle Euphrates, end quote. Uh, and also, Professor Vedel suggests that the name meant the land of canes, bracket, or reeds, and bracket, and was um, uh, descriptive of the ordinary wild aspect of Babylonia. It seems to me as uh, probable that it meant the land of Cain, especially as George Smith writes of a ta- town in Babylonia called uh, Kanam, mm. of which the inhabitants were called um, Kanunai, he remarks that they must not be confused with uh, Canaanites of Phoenicia. But for reasons given in Appendix C, page 2 and 3, my own belief is that in both cases the names were derived from Cain. Well, yeah, and the fact is that uh, when the Israelites uh, uh, assaulted Canaan land, they found a lot of Nephilim, right, giants living there. So the, the name is appropriate. I guess the Canaan was named as such because with a well, say a prophetic name that he would join the tribes of Canaanites who uh, well, are first given as Kenites in uh, uh, what is it uh, Genesis chapter fifteen their their name as Kenites is given and then uh, then later on these Kenites are known as Canaanites. All right, so the connection between Cain and Canaan is thereby established. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. 
Now I'm thinking about if we should skip the next chapter and jump to the one about the children of Bell. Okay. Uh, that is giving some information about the what to say the sun worshiping where those um, come from those uh, in South I guess South um, America those that also had a human sacrifice where it right. stems from that is yeah it comes from Babylonian yes okay yeah all right so uh, t- chapter twenty seven the children of Bel yeah that's my proposal okay to go there. Uh, Startling uh, possibilities are suggested by the fact that Sargon is said to have reigned over the, quote, children of Bel, and quote, and the, quote, realm of Enlil, and quote, and that the, his subjects, quote, uh, the, quote, blackheads, and quote, were entrusted uh, to him by Aki, uh, bracket, another name for the devil, and okay. bracket. Now, this is more proof that there were other people on the earth <laughs> besides Adam, Eve, and Nachash. All right? Because what, what did Cain do? He left the garden and built a city. Well, for how many people did he build this city, right? Well, these are the blackheads. He built a city for the blackheads. Back to you. Yes. Uh, a problem uh, faces us with uh, which we cannot hope to solve why were uh, the, these people thus stigmatized as belonging to the devil? All that is plain to us uh, is that, according to the Bible and the Babylonian scriptions, two non-Adamite races existed in the beginning of history. The people who Cain um, um, feared might kill him, and among whom he finally built a city where eventually... Evidently. Yeah. All right. So it could be Negroes, could be Chinese, could be anything. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that is the only we have. I guess the, if they were Orientals or if they were the Negroids. That's right. basically what it could have been. Right. And linguistically, it has been revealed by many Chinamen that the stick figures of the Chinese language come from the Garden of Eden, right? And so they, those blackheads were <laughs> or at least near the Garden of Eden. Okay, back to you. They were. Yeah. They were. And there's also a chapter, I think, I hope we can cover it, that uh, that is connecting China with Cain. Right, okay. Uh, over whom Sargon ruled, and who must have existed before Adam, while the other race of evil fame which trod the earth in Cain's lifetime is shown by both the Bible and the Babylonian monuments to have been half human, half spirit. Okay. These people are called in the Bible the Nephilim, uh, Repahim, or fallen ones. And are said to have been the children of fallen angels who took as wives the daughter of men. Okay, so the Genesis chapter 6 tells us that this happened just before Noah's flood. But uh, it certainly could have happened even before the Garden of Eden, which, of course, the book of Enoch says it did. Right? Because well, uh, these other races were clearly here on the earth before the Garden of Eden scenario. All right, back to you. Yes. As Professor King points out, a parallel is provided in the Babylonian inscriptions. Uh, quote, to the uh, circumstances preceding the birth of the Nephilim, at the beginning of the sixth chapter of Genesis, for in the, them also great uh, proofness or distinctions is ascribed to the progeny of human and divine unions. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, well, yeah, they're half, they're half fallen angel, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, according to the traditions, uh, the records embody the Sumerians look it back to a time when gods lived upon the earth with men. We read of two Sumerian heroes, also rulers of cities, who were divine on the father's or mother's side, but not on both. And mm-hmm. quote. Very good. And that is from Legends of Babylon and Egypt. Yeah. Uh, the inscriptions describe this prehistoric race as half man and half animal. Uh, from the Kutha tablets of creation comes the words, quote, men with the bodies of birds of the desert, human beings with the faces of ravens, uh, these the uh, great gods created, and in the earth the gods created for them a dwelling. Thiamat gave unto them strength, their life, the mistress of the gods raised. In the first days, the evil gods, the angels who were in rebellion, uh, who in the lower part of heavens, heaven had been created, they caused their evil work, devising with wicked heads ruling uh, to the river. There were seven of them. The first was, the second oh. was a great animal. The third was a leopard. The fourth was a serpent. The fifth was a terrible the sixth was a striker, which uh, to God and king did not submit. The seventh was a messenger of the evil wind, etc. And okay. quote. All right, so these are references to the Nephilim, probably in their position in heaven before they fell, okay, and created hybrid offspring, either by genetic manipulation or by, you know, mixing, you know, with, uh, with the humans, on the earth at the time. Back to you. Yeah. Um, Rig Marol, though all this is, one feels that in it a grim truth are hinted at, and that the Babylonian scribe knew more about that hybrid race than we learn from the Bible. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 3, number 2, where Og, the king of Bashan, is said to be quote, of the remnant of the giants, and quote. So he was a Nephilim. That's right. His father was a Nephilim, right? Yeah. Well, well, fallen angel, Nephilim being the offspring of the fallen angels and Adamic women. Okay. Back to you. And the Hebrew word translates giant as, uh, quote, Rapa, and quote, or, quote, Raphaim, and uh, quote, and really means a sort of monster. Um, <laughs> right? End quote. Uh, now I'm, maybe my memory about biblical is too bad, but wasn't Og that was that ride on that donkey that was squeezed his legs when in that narrow passage? Oh, it could be, yeah. But uh, it talks about his bedstead being like something like 23 feet long. Okay. Uh, that was maybe not him. That was the, yeah. the, the one that ride on that donkey that was seen that uh, the donkey saw this uh, angel with a flaming sword. So yeah. he turned it the way. So he, he's, he stuck his leg <laughs> toward uh, the rock bed. Okay. Uh, that might be the uh, Baal, the prophet. Uh, and that Baal might be. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
not a gigantic man like Nimrod, who no. is uh, yeah. <laughs> described in Hebrew as, uh, quote, uh, gibber, end quote, which means giant. This may explain the fact that the Israelites, who seem to have easily exterminated those people in the end, were terrified of them at first. Yeah, we exterminated those uh, big giants. Right. So she's asserting here that Nimrod was a giant, and uh, the Hebrew refers to him as a gibbar. That's interesting. I had not uh, uh, encountered that before. So she may be absolutely right about that. Okay, that Nimrod uh, must have been half breed offspring. We don't know who Nimrod's mother was. Uh, she's called Semiramis in you know the legends. Okay. So maybe Semiramis was one of these female, uh, uh, you know, non-Adamic creatures or women. Okay, back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also haven't heard this with the before I read this book. Dream Nimrod might have been a giant. Okay. Uh, the existence of these races, uh, witnessed by uh, to by both the Bible and Babylonian writings is apparently ignored by scientists, yet may not uh, account for the perplexing bones found from time to time in different parts of the world. May we, may we not ascribe to th those races the... Uh, okay, which, uh, let me try it here. Pithecanthropus erectus, the man of Heidelberg. Wow, that's near my hometown. <laughs> Back to you. The Neanderthal man, the Negroid of Grimaldi, the Galley Hill man, the Lemur monkey man, etc. Okay, yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, the fearsome ancestor uh, with whom some anthropologists have been ready to saddle themselves and us. Yeah, we're all Neanderthals, according to them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, that is. Uh, they, we are probably the yeah. They they think that we have evolved from them, but that can't happen. If you look at how uh, the Babylonian everything starts from that, it's, it it degenerates from that point on. So right. It is the opposite. Yes. Um, it is reassu reassuring to think that the uh, gorilla-like quote uh, Thong's skull and quote claim it as a missing link. Uh, let's see. Between man and the ape family by Professor um, Heikel need, uh, need have had no connection with Adam's race since it may be a relic of that half-human race. Amen. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, just uh, see at the, at the beautiful uh, stoneworks you have encountered in, I guess, South, example, South America. When you see those, you cannot even get a knife into the there, into between the stones. It's such beautiful work. Uh, so we see that the building art has a bit, uh, hasn't really, uh, yeah, we have degenerated a bit in the building arts. Oh, yeah. And today we have hardly can do a one that is I don't know I don't know the uh, the English uh, uh, what is that English measurements of it but today we can look at how it looks today so yeah we have lost some of other arts right for sure why but, but some of those of course could be from those sun sun worshiping children from Bell that has built them though so right but 
Okay. Well, it is a, it is a contention of virtually all people who study ancient uh, civilizations that they had high levels of technology, far higher than we give them credit for. So, but they they all well, Yahweh destroyed them uh, in the, number one, the recreation depicted in Genesis chapter one, and secondly by Noah's flood. You know, which was, uh, even though it was far worse in the area where Noah and his people were, it was, the rain was worldwide and flooding occurred everywhere, but it did not annihilate all races and all species. Back to you. Exactly. That is the, mm-hmm. that is the misconception that the secular world and also the, now the church world makes today. Right, right. So, uh, just thinking about this, you know, cause I think it says five pairs of clean animals and two pairs of unclean each of each species. So, uh, let's say, okay, so we'll assume that elephants are in clean, unclean. So that means four, four elephants had to be aboard the ark. Oh my goodness. Okay. Which is, uh, by, by definition is only about a football field long, right? So how do you feed four elephants for a space of a year? Okay. It can't, can't it's crazy. Yeah. So it means four giraffes, two males and two females, etc. How about rhinoceroses? Right? Etc. etc. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to assert that all species on the earth were put aboard the, uh, aboard the ark. It's absolutely crazy. All right, back to you. Yeah, but that's how they make, I guess, the us younger people to like <laughs> turn away from the Bible because it's so, it's so, it's uh, yeah. When you hear it, it's very impressive for little children, <laughs> right? But we, we have to grow up at some point. Yeah, and stop believing in the in the in the Easter Bunny and the Santa Claus. <laughs> right, right, exactly. All right, please yeah. continue. <laughs> uh, while Professor Say thinks that the people called, quote, children of Bell, end quote, and, quote, blackheads, end quote, in inscriptions, were probably Negroid. Um, other authorities on the strengths of certain drawings upon the monuments believe them to have been of a very peculiar type. White people, perhaps, but certainly abnormal. These peculiar people are uh, supposed uh, to have been the Sumerians, who, according to the Sumerian school, invented the art of writing. The above was described in an illustrated paper as, quote, um, the man who, whose supreme gift to Babylonia was the art of writing, end quote. Um, and that's from The Spear, October 11th, 1924. Right. Um, uh, to my mind, drawing like the above are the products of the uh, priest, uh, um, frivolously malignant or... In a, oh, so, yeah, let me read these. Frivolity, malignity, or inanity. <laughs> All right. Now, the drawings that she's referring to is of the so-called blackheads, little dwarf people with big noses, right? These are the, the blackheads that she's describing. Uh, back to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, and in keeping with the mongrel, a quote, mongrel dialect, end quote, of the inscriptions and the contradictory character and mocking tone of their contents, 
According to Professor King, the earliest Babylonian monuments show both this degraded type of man, which he calls Sumerian, and the superior type, which he calls uh, Semitic. The former are, to my mind, mere um, uh, caricatures of human beings, uh, but the latter, in spite of, of the mock um, archaic style of the work, are eventually atomized and are distinctly like Europeans. Okay, now, course, yeah, hold on. For just be, the entire world has had legends of dwarf people, okay? the uh, Like in Ireland and England, there have been dwarf people everywhere. They exist in Turkey. They're still there today. They have dwarfs among the blacks, you know, in, in southern Africa. So apparently, now whether these... Dwarfs are the product of gene man- genetic manipulation by the Nephilim is a good question, or whether they were created in this manner of having numerous subspecies. Okay, j- j- tall like a what's the tall black uh, tribe? The Zulu or Maasai? I think the Maasai are the tallest among the blacks, and of course the Hottentots and uh, other tribes are w- way shorter. Okay. And then some of them are t- typical normal size, you know, six foot type uh, you know, hum- humanoids. Okay, but this apparently was true and still is of of uh, the white race as well. That there are subtribes of dwarfs, and that these people were you know, living in England, in uh, uh, Ireland, Turkey, and, and there you have dwarf like uh, people in uh, in Siberia as well. Okay, so they're probably the remnant of these types of people that Mrs. Sidney Bristow is talking about right here. Okay, back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Professor King's writes, quote, Excavations have not um, contributed to the solution of the problem as to the period at, uh, at which Sumerians and Semites first came in contact or which race was first in possession of the land, end quote. From Summer and Akkad, page 14. In view of this uh, admission, it seems strange that he should have ventured to place a formidable array of Sumerian kings before the so-called Semitic dynasties of Sargon. The fact that, according to him, some of uh, those kings are credited in inscriptions with the same achievements as Sargon, uh, supports my theory that they were entirely uh, fictitious and that much of the priest information is false. Right. Okay, now let's see. Do we want to finish this book today and have a new, new uh, uh, something new next time, Eli? Well, uh, I'm looking at the suggestive names in the inscriptions. Uh, again, the linguistic aspect needs to be covered. So, yeah, why don't we do... Uh, 28 suggestive names in inscriptions. Yes. Okay. Um, in, the, in the mythological inscriptions, we find two kinds of spirits who, I believe, represent respectively Cain's race and the pre-Adamites. Since the name um, Anunnaki undoubtedly connects one kind of spirits with Anu, Rakic, Adam, and Rakic, who is called the king of the uh, Anunnaki. The other name, um, Igigi, presumably stands for the pre-Adamites. Professor Jastro says that the uh, priest appealed to the 
uh, Anunnaki's god and quotes the inscription. Quote, he who fears the Anunnaki will lengthen his days, end quote. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, so, that- uh, yeah, the Anunnaki would be a combination of Adamic DNA and the Igigi DNA. It's an interesting mm-hmm. combination. Back to you. Yeah, isn't that also a bit about uh, the people that blesses us? We bless them. Isn't that also in, from Deuteronomy? That he who blesses us will be blessed. Right, yeah, the, the true descendants of Adam, right, and, and, and Israel, of course, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay. uh, you can imagine how uh, a normal-sized, even half-breed, like Cain, would uh, be an impressive sight to these little people, right, who would come and take over. Right, back to you. Yeah. Uh, although, as usual, the priest obscured the truth by sometimes representing the Anunnaki as, quote, evil spirits of the deep, and, quote, as opposed to the, quote, Igigi, or spirits of heaven, and, quote. Yeah, they turn it upside down. Right. Uh, it seems certain that the Anunnaki were the white race and the Igigi, the black. Um, the priests, perhaps are nearer to the truth when they say that the gods, uh, quote, manifest their anger against the Igigi. They are sent out by them uh, to do service and are shown to be um, uh, uh, severe and cruel, not favorable to man, but hostile to him, end quote. And again, all over the planet, we have evidence of the American Indians, all the tribes that have giants, and fighting against giants in their heritage, all describe them as having a Nordic appearance. Okay? So if the gods uh, who left their first estate mated with the daughters of Adam, the, the daughters of the Adamic race, then their offspring would have the appearance of white men. And that's how virtually every society that has memory of giants in their past describe them as having blonde hair, red hair, blue eyes, etc. Okay? So that, that would stand to reason. They would have a Nordic appearance because why? They mated with white women. Okay? Yeah. Yes, and in Sweden we also have those for giants, but in Swedish it's not called giants, it's called uh, jättar. Okay. That is a Swedish word for giant. Okay. So we also have the histories of them. Right. Oh, yeah, they were everywhere. <laughs> right? Literally everywhere on the planet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. They were here, mm-hmm. up, uh, here up as well in the Nordic. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The gods, as Professor Myers points out, are always represented on the monuments as, a, quote, Semites, end yeah. quote. Because uh, they had a Noric appearance. That's why. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they clear that the Anunnaki, who are appealed to as gods, were the white race. Or were of, of appear, appearance of whites. Yeah. And as inscriptions given below says that Marduk whom I regard as Cain's mythological representatives, was, quote, great among the Gigi, end quote. I presume that they were the black heads or Negroes over whom Cain ruled. And here we have a footnote. Merodach is called um, Azari, 
um, quote, notorious of the black-headed race, end quote. Mm-hmm. Nor- okay. End of, end of footnote. Right. Uh, the description runs, quote, when the supreme Anu king of the Anunnaki and Enlil, the lord of heaven and earth, who fixes the destiny of the land, had committed the Marduk, the firstborn of the earth, bracket, Ia, and bracket, the rule of all man, uh, mankind, making him great among the Igigi, uh, etc. Et and quote. That is from M. Jastro, Religion in Babylonian Assyria. There is, of course, the possibility that the Igigi were the half-human race, but on the whole, it seems more likely that they were the blackheads mentioned in Sargon's inscriptions and the uh, nigelma of the following, quote, Sumerian, and quote, account of the creation. Okay, so nigelma, you know, nigelma, you know, brings to light the word negro, okay, <laughs> which uh, the Hebrew word nokri as well, right? Uh, we are forbidden to have any dealings with the nokri in scripture. Back to you. Yeah. Um, Professor King gives the translation and, of course, adds the uh, punctation, the accuracy of which I take the library of uh, questioning. Quote, when Anu, Enlil, Enki, and Ninke Harshsaga created the black-headed bracket, i.e. mankind, and bracket, the Nigil bracket, Emma, and bracket of the earth, they caused the earth to produce. The animals, the four-legged creatures of the field, uh, they artfully call it into existence. And okay, quote. so artfully called into existence, right? <laughs> by what? By genetic manipulation? By interbreeding? Whatever. Whatever means by which they could create subspecies. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, and that's from Legends of ba- Babylon and Egypt. Uh, my reading of the above passage would be, quote, when Anu, Enlil, Enki, and Nink Hashaga created the black-headed, the Nig Ilma of the earth, they caused the earth to produce the animals, the four-legged creatures of the field, they artfully called into existence, end quote. According to which, quote, the black-headed, end quote, end quote, the uh, Nigilma, end quote, mean the same thing and represents, in my opinion, the pre-Adamites. We may resemble the uh, conjecture that the word Igigi, especially if identified with the black-headed uh, Nigilma, may contain the root of the word uh, nigger, uh, bracket, black, and bracket, negro, or nigger. Yeah, it's obvious it has uh, it's the root word for that. Okay, back to you. Yeah, and that was that chapter. Sam may have a yeah. chapter about K under another name uh, as the next chapter so a lot of uh, yeah i don't know if we well let's go for it uh, because uh it looks like we have at least one more episode <laughs> uh, this book is too good there's there's more new information that uh you know, it needs to be brought out this is you know outstanding text here back to you yeah okay so i will see if i can make this on, on 11 minutes yeah uh the following legend is, to my mind, a link between Babylonian and ancient Rome, and a clue to the problem of the priest-king of Nemi, and then of Sir James Fraser's work, The Golden Broth. This story forms part of the legend of um, 
um, is Dubar uh, bracket, otherwise called uh, Guild Games and bracket. Yeah, Gilgamesh. Yeah, called, the epic of yeah. Gilgamesh. Uh, people who obviously survived the flood. Okay, because he had a kingdom and it did, was not destroyed by the flood. Back to you. Yeah, which are thought to have been written about the same of uh, Hammurabi, bracket, 2000 BC, and bracket. Um, in this story, Abel is referred to, according to Professor Says, under two different names, Thomas and um, Tabalu. Um, Eve, in my opinion, is represented by Istar, and Cain by the gardener, um, Isulanu, of whom Professor Says writes, quote, um, Isolana, the garner of honor, is probably the mystic prototype of the historical <laughs> saga of Akkad, wow. who later later turned into gardener, uh, beloved by the goddess Istar. Right. Quote. So, in other words, he's claiming that Eve still loved her, or him rather. <laughs> Eve still loved Cain, after, even after she realized what he was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and this yeah. was interesting that Aki was the name of, of Satan. And then this, and then you have Akkad. They're both very similar. Yes. Of the place, and then of Satan. So the place was called Akkad, and then Satan was a reference to Aki, as we said before. Mm-hmm. So the the names is very similar. That the place that Sargon went to was, yeah, was also named after Satan himself. Yeah. Now it's it's uh, it's kind of mysterious why so many. Assyriologists and archaeologists, etc., you know, could not see all these connections. And the fact that Cain is being named under many different names, okay? So are Adam and Eve being mentioned under many different names? And that they can't see that they all devolve back to the Garden of Eden. Cain, Eve, uh, sorry, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. That's they're just different words, different names for the same four people. Why couldn't they see this? Well, obviously, Mrs. Bristow, because she was not a textbook archaeologist, right? Most of whom decry the Bible and don't want to verify the Bible at all. They want to just say everything is mythology. The Bible is mythology. That's their position. All right, back to you. Yeah, but isn't also I also heard that many of the professors they do know the truth of the yes. Bible. They know who the Israelites are, but if they say it, they are, uh, yeah. they will lose the farms and they will lose their credi- credibility. Yeah, they'll have to go back to farming. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that is the I think it was Stephen Collins didn't he? I think he was the one that said that. I think Daniel mentioned that that they, they know it. All the yes. researchers know the truth. They, yes, they do. But they dare not to say it. That's right. So that tells about uh, the power of the, the the terrible power of the purse. That's right. Yeah, and losing your job as a lot of people who are subject to the COVID bug, the COVID mythology have found out. Yeah, I hope that one will crumble. Right. I'm so tired of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is strange. The professor says connects the. Uh, Isolanu with Sargon and not with Cain, especially as the probability of Cain's presence in Babylonia is admitted by him for the fact that the uh, shepherd uh, Talabu is, according to him, the double of Abel and right. Ne- is, 
as we have seen, the mythological form of Eve seems to make the connection so evident. The fact, too, that um, Isolanis uh, calls Istar, quote, mother, end quote, and is said to be the garden of um, Istar's father, as Anu, otherwise Adam, is sometimes called in inscriptions. Um, it's additional proof that um, Isolanu represents Cain. It is also suggestive that, as Professor tells us, the name Isolanu meant, quote, he who makes green the living things, end quote. Yeah, for for yeah. The, the few years that he was a farmer. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, which harmonized with the descriptions of Cain's living thing. Uh, wait. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Cain uh, in the Bible. With the description yeah. of Cain in the Bible, sorry, um, a tiller of the ground. That the professor identifies Isolana with Sargon. However, suits my purpose even better, since it offers another reason for identifying Sargon with Cain. Very good. Um, in this curious legend, bra- uh, 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 bracket, a good example of the priest uh, nonsense and bracket. Uh, the goddess Istar is uh, taunted by the hero Istobar with uh, uh, fickleness and cruelty, and that this libels uh, our first mother character may be gathered from the excellent qualities attributed to her at other times, and also when she is represented as the god Ea, who is described as benevolent deity. Teaching the art of healing and culture to mankind. Professor says, notice the contradictory character given to Istar. He writes, uh, quote, But who was the goddess whom one legend made the faithful wife, enduring even death for her husband's sake, while another regarded her as the most fa- <laughs> uh, faithless and cruel of uh, um, uh, quotas? Okay. Right. Well, certainly the former is true of Eve, right? She uh, she partnered with Adam until they both died. So chances are she lived just as long as Adam did, but uh, we're not given that information in Scripture, right? But then, uh, faithless and cruel, well, she was deceived into having sexual relations with Nachash. It wasn't her fault. But, uh, but what was her fault was she failed to listen to the words of Yahweh, who says, don't touch that tree. Don't touch that uh, line of descent, you know, which was uh, the fallen angels. Back to you. Yes. So I'm now looking at both the clock, and then uh, this is then a long quote here about the legend runs, and then you have a lot of... Uh, uh, they pick up some uh, text here, and that I wonder yeah. if I will make this in four minutes. Maybe I will. No, well, I'd say uh, you know that this is a long list of seventy-two items that uh, yeah, all is. of them will really require you know comment, and I don't think we have time for that. Uh, why don't you just go down to uh, my proposition that uh, this Babylonian legend? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My proposition that in this Babylonian legend. There lies a clue to the problem of the grow of Nemi can hardly be regarded as far-fetched, considering that the Greek and Roman mythologies were derived from the Babylonians. Right. And then we have a footnote. The Greeks, borrowing most of their astronomical knowledge from the Babylonians, held similar myths and ideas. Romans adopted the Greek ideas. End of quote. 
And that's from Encyclopedia of Britannic Edition 2, uh, Canis Major. Uh, we have seen that Professor Sage regards the guard, uh, gardener Isolan as representing Sargon, which justifies us in regarding him as king. Mm-hmm. We have also seen that Professor, professor identifies Thomas with Abel, and the fact that in the above legend, um, he regards Thomas and Talabaulu uh, uh, Tala, as one and the same. Uh, justify us in looking for the uh, double character in the Roman legend as well. This we will find in Goddess um, Diana, uh, bracket, admittedly a form of Ishtar, end of bracket. Amen. And water nymph um, Egeria, who is shown by her attributes to be another form of Ishtar. That both these characters represent Eve seems obvious for Verbius, the young hero of the Grove, in connecting by Sir James Fraser with Thomas, and therefore with Abel. Having satisfied ourselves, therefore, that Cain's mother and brother are represented in both the Babylonian and Roman legend, it seems natural to look for Cain himself. And since Professor Sayce identified the gardener Isolanum in the Babylonian legend with Sargon, it seems evident that the murder um, priest king of the Roman legend represents Cain. Okay. Uh, so... The, the failure of the vast majority of commentators, right, both uh, theological and mythological, right, which uh, all of these professors are dealing with mythology, but not realizing that this mythology is the same old story of the two seed lines emanating from the Garden of Eden as clearly indicated from Scripture. Okay, they've just failed to make this connection. But praise Yahweh, Mrs. Sidney Bristow has made this connection for us and explains from the writings of all of these, you know, these commentators that they just missed this. And she's putting all the pieces, they all hint at it, but they fail to state it. And as you mentioned, uh, Michael, probably for reasons of not wanting to keep their jobs, <laughs> they can't state the obvious. The two seed lines came from the, the Garden of Eden. Okay? All right, Michael, thank you for narrating. And uh, it looks like we'll do at least one more show and wrap this up because this is an outstanding book that deserves wide attention. All right? Take care. Yahweh bless everybody. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. Thank you. All okay. All right. Okay, we're off the air. Okay, great. Yeah, it's a great book. When they make all those connections, very that is very, as you said, also obscured the literature she is referring in. Right. Yes, and uh, and they make it even more obscure by failing to connect connect it to the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They are. Uh, and a first and a question now because I have failed to bought the calendar from you. So now the leaven, the unleavened bread. I suppose do not stop is it after today that uh, uh, that the unleavened bread feast is over. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. Uh, it looks like we're still live. So I got to kill the recording. Yes.